Hey everyone, before we get started, I just want to talk about our sponsor, Anchor. Anchor simply is the perfect place to go if you're trying to start a podcast. First off, free, that's great, but there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super easy to use, super intuitive, Uh, and then once you have that edited, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places uh, where you listen to podcasts. And when they're distributed, you can start making money from your podcast right away. No minimum listenership. Start getting that anchor money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm right now to get started. Now, the Schooner Pod. Hello and welcome to Scooter Pod. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me today, we got Ty, we got Jameson. And while we met last week to discuss the crazy, shocking rumors about OU and Texas to the SEC, uh, what's happened since then? Those rumors are now actual fact, uh, actual statements made by OU and Texas at the beginning of this week, uh, sending their intention to not only leave the Big 12, but to join the SEC. Um, it is concrete. There are Board of Regents meetings tomorrow. Uh, the SBC has a meeting tomorrow as well. And by the time this podcast is up, you know, there, there's a chance you might have listened to this already and OU is formally accepted. Uh, we'll talk about what that means. We'll talk about what's happened so far since. Um, and yeah, like this is just, this is crazy. This is absolutely not. Jameson, because you weren't uh, here the last time, I would like to know what are your thoughts on this on this move, and um, just what in the hell happened? Yeah, it's it's all money. I think Blake's in one of our group texts. It's Stanley offering trying to get a better um, a raise in Dunder Mifflin. Like, what do you want? What, what would it take you to stay here? Money, money. <laughs> and they're like, like no, 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 like anything. Like, we'll give you money. That's exactly what it is, and it's been in the moves for a long time. So all of this stuff moving fast, and you know, like, we're like I'm so surprised. Like we've already got like you know applications, and and the rumor turned to real so quick, and we have all these statements. It's because it's just like the same thing with portal athletes, or the same thing with like free agency and professional sports. This was already laid out and already all done beforehand. And then they had said, okay, we're going to, we're going to leak uh, Texas A&M is going to leak it then. But on that Monday, they were going to release that statement either way. And they're like, okay. And then let's say Wednesday or Tuesday or Wednesday, we're going to come out and put out our, you know, our application. This is all lined out. They, I'm sure there's a schedule somewhere of whenever their next statement's going to be. I mean, it's already written up. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's all been, it's crazy because we didn't really talk about this last last week, but it makes so much sense. This is something that has apparently been hap- been in the works for months. Uh, obviously, OU and Texas will never say that. Uh, and until Texas A&M got it and started squealing, you know, um, I don't know. It's it's crazy. The, the insanity that Monday would have been if we had no idea. Oh, my God. That would have been a pod for the ages for sure. Um, but... You know, this is this is nuts. It's it's absolutely crazy what's happened in the past week. And um I mean you gotta give it up to you in Texas for making just, just a crazy, sneakily amazing move for both of those universities. Um but Jameson, like what overall what what do you think about the move? Do you think it's good for OU? Do you like it? What do you, what 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 are your first kind of reactions, your first feelings on it? Yeah, my first thing's it's selfish of what I would like to see. Because obviously we first think of how it's going to impact us as a person. As a fan, it's really fun. You know, you don't get up and get excited to watch that same old K-State every single week, you know. And you said it before, you know, whenever we play these teams, it's like if we win, cool, we did it and we move on. And it's really not that much of a, you know, accomplishment. But if we lose, it sucks. And now that we go to the SEC, there's more competition. It's going to be so much easier on us as fans and not have to have this burden of we have to beat these crappy teams and if we slip up once we could be screwed we could lose a couple games more like an nfl style where if you lose a couple games you're okay 
And, you know, and you have more competition and new competition and new rivalries to happen. It did not take but a couple of years to develop a um, rivalry with West Virginia. And I won't be surprised at all if we find new rivalries within the SEC. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people's qualms with this move is the loss of tradition. But, you know, really, like the, the, tra- the tradition with the schools that were left in the Big Eight uh, wasn't that good. OU and Iowa State, one of the most lopsided series in history. Same with Kansas State traditionally outside of the 90s and 2000s. Same with Oklahoma State. Same with Kansas. Um, there's just not a lot left for, the, for OU within the Big 12. I, I think that you have ties with, obviously you have a deep tradition with um, Missouri. Uh, Arkansas, even though they haven't played a ton, there's still a lot of geographical tension and uh, then the obvious Texas A&M and Texas, you know, just great, great built-in rivalries. But I could see us adding stuff with, uh, you know, maybe Ole Miss. You know, I, the, who, the possibilities are endless. I'm excited for one. And um, Ty, last time we spoke, uh, we were kind of shell-shocked. I know you were a little shell-shocked. Everyone was just out of – it was nuts. But um, this news, much like a pot of gumbo, has had some time to simmer – Flavors got to know each other a bit. Oh, no. uh, I don't know. Uh, but what are, what are your thoughts on the move a, a, a week out? How are you feeling about everything? Yeah, so quick initial thought. If you, I don't expect anyone to do this, but if you go back and listen to the, the pod that we recorded last week, uh, the entire time, although I became more convinced of legitimacy as we went on, the entire time, if you asked me at the end of that podcast, uh, if I had to put money on whether it was real or not, uh, at least for an announcement any time within the next year, I would have said that it's just a rumor. I mean, because we've seen rumors like this and, and stuff before. Um, I do agree with what Jamison was saying. I think it was was orchestrated. I think the statement was going to come out uh, when it did either way. And my personal thought is that uh, the reason that we had rumors come out a little bit earlier is I do believe that this has been going on for six months or so. And I personally believe that at least someone at AM was aware and they were fighting it the whole time. And the second that AM or whoever at AM that knew saw that it was inevitable, that was sort of their Hail Mary to try to sabotage it right at the end, is my personal conspiracy theory. I know there's other people out there that have they've also echoed that in different media. And I think that's why we saw that little you know, blurb and, and chatter right before and then the official statements. But uh, yeah, so it's it's real, which is exciting. Uh, next thing I wanted to, to touch on was you, you talked about the, the rivalries, right? And we're retaining our most important one. I, I know Bobby and I kind of spoke about this on the last pod is if you absolutely had to pick only one game for OU to retain, I don't think there's any OU fan in the world that wouldn't pick Red River. And, and we've retained that. That's going to be retained. It's going to be neutral site still. So that's that's amazing. We've retained the – if we had to pick one, we've retained that. We don't know where Bedlam's going to go. We don't know how that's going to, how that's going to work out. Right now we don't even know when OU is going to leave the Big 12, really. There's a lot of chatter about that. But there definitely is plenty of time for some sort of deal to be worked there. We, we have no idea how that's going to go. Uh, but I think the realistic assumption is that we won't be playing them again. But, and I, I some people are going to get on to me for already being like an, an SEC gooner or whatever. Oh, I, no. I'm not, I mean, this is coming from a position of having gone to all of high school in Mississippi. I've been to Ole Miss games. I've been to Ole Miss games against tons of people. I've been to Mississippi State games against tons of people at home in Starkville and in Oxford. Uh, they care about football even when those teams are absolutely garbage they care about football they care about the sport of football they care about the sport of college football and the atmosphere from the fans and the atmosphere from the players is like it's its own thing that you see it at, at some other schools it's not exclusive to the sec you see it at other schools that have diehard fans too but everyone that OU would be playing maybe with the exception of, of Missouri, you're going to see people that really, really care about football. Even a we're going to be playing A&M every year as well. That was, you know, you could kind of say it's a rivalry. I know that we're possibly losing Bedlam. That was a big 
sort of rivalry for OU in, in a sense, but I can't honestly I can't say that OU fans and OU players really care that much about Bedlam every year. And I'm not trying to dog on OSU here, but it's the biggest game in the world every year for OSU. And for OU, we've already played our biggest rivalry. And by the time we're playing OSU, even when OSU is really good, OU has its eyes set on the conference championship or the postseason. You know, o- OSU is a, a speed bump for us. Whereas, and again, I'm not trying to talk on OSU. That's just the only way, really. We got to be honest here. Uh, and I think that we're going to retain that level of play and that level of passion from a fan base going into Oxford, going into Stark Vegas, especially going into Death Valley. OU got absolutely embarrassed last time we played LSU, and we've played them in mostly in national championship games or, or playoff games before this. That is right there a plug-and-play rivalry, especially if you're you're on that sort of idea that, that maybe Bama and Auburn would be going to the East. That is a boom, plug-and-play, hotly contested rivalry right there that's could be really, 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 really interesting. So I, I just spoke for a long time. I'll let you guys take it. But that's that's my thoughts. I promise I'm not an SEC you know, gooner. It's just I've experienced these games firsthand, and I know what it's going to be like. I, it's okay, Ty. We get it. It just it definitely just means more. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm kidding, but but for real, it it actually does sound like a welcome change of pace. I feel like the schedule's gotten a bit stale. Um, it, it's hard to get up for some of these games, like like we we mentioned. But um, I gotta say, it, it, I I for one am thrilled. Uh, can't wait. Um, but like you mentioned earlier, uh, it's gonna be a pretty long path to get there. Uh, now if you look at OU's statements and Texas's statement, uh, they've been, you know, working in conjunction this entire time. Uh, all, everything they've said has been 2025. Uh, but let's be honest, that's lawyer talk. OU and Texas are going to try to get out of this as soon as they can, uh, potentially, uh, 2022, probably more likely 2023. Um, Already the Big 12 is kicking and screaming legally uh, just right before this pod started recording. Uh, The Big 12 and Bob Bob Bowlesby, uh, the commissioner of the Big 12, uh, released a cease and desist against the ESPN uh, because because they believe that ESPN is tampering with schools and trying to get get them to split off and uh, join the, uh, you know, American or... It's a total mess. Bowlesby absolutely out here just bodying OU in Texas, trying his best. Uh, just out here throwing insults. What some of the some of the I don't know, just hottest I've ever seen an actual like commissioner in a while. He's just he's just furious. You know, uh, you know what the sad thing is is if he and I don't want to again. I don't want to be that guy, but it has to be said. If the Big Twelve brought that level of energy into their contract meetings with TV deals and with everything else a couple years ago, we might not be in this situation. It's it's kind of, you can't blame OU in Texas. I know that there was, maybe we tried to leave, but we ended up staying and there was definitely a chance for this not to go the way that it did. Cause it's a, it's a, it's ultimately it's a money thing, right? Like college football is a business. I mean, for years, for years, David Boren tried to get uh, more teams added. Um, OU made made a legitimate effort, tried to get you know partnerships, and the conference for the most part turned it down because you know what? At that time, ten teams sharing all of the pie together, uh, you're gonna you're you're gonna get more of that money. They sacrificed long term stability for short term payment, and here we are. It's time to pay the piper. Uh, it's. It's just, it's it's hard to feel bad for him, but it's also like I kind of feel bad for him. I feel really bad for, you know, uh, let's say like an Iowa State. These people who really care about their teams, even when they're bad, um, you know, Texas Tech uh, throwing batteries at American teams or Pac-12 teams. This is going to be nearly as fun. Actually, no, Pac-12 teams. That'll be fun. Having Stanford come to town. Stanford Texas Tech is something I desperately need to see. Um, but you know, I, I, I do feel bad for these teams a little bit, but you know, it's, um, I'm ready for the big 12 to dissolve. 
Jameson, your thoughts on this whole? Bobby just straight up said it. He's. I mean, I agree with him, but let me just say this: I don't, I, I don't know if this was covered in the past. I missed it amongst all of our messages. I've been really busy lately, but I this whole time y'all were talking, I was in the process of trying to solidify the username on Twitter at SEC Gooner. Um, and unfortunately it's already <laughs> taken and it was made this it month. It was made this month. So who is it? Who here? Oh, no. I promise it's not me. I'm known and I think there's one person. I think there's only one person who claims that I'm not a gooner and I'm not talking about the SEC. But all of a sudden this month, SEC gooner is gone. The listeners, okay, the listeners don't know. Jameson has a lot of reason to be wary of me <laughs> and my long con games. This is not one of them, I, I promise. But uh, yeah, if you ever have a chance, ask Jameson about when he tried to be an eBay seller. SEC exactly. gooner does not appear on, does not appear to exist. So. Oh, it, it did. I, oh. I just made a whole account saying I couldn't, and I found I found it. Maybe it was I made. Mean, okay, I'm, this is going to make me more, sound more suspicious, but maybe it was made and then deactivated. Ah, that gotcha. Would keep it, that would keep it locked up, but not viewable. Ooh, that's sketchy. Okay, now this is really weird. Now I'm not finding it now, but I couldn't make it. Okay, maybe... I swear. I'll put, my, I'll put my hands up right here. Because <laughs> this is like, I don't know if you guys are orchestrating this, but I'm not doing anything. I swear, I just looked this up. Now it so... really looks like I made it and then deleted it. I put my hands are up here. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, SEC oh, Gooner funny. username should be available now, hopefully. Um, if anyone is looking for it, I might go do that after the episode. But yeah, I agree. let's let's hop on this. Like Big 12, should they dissolve or should they stay together? Um, for the active Big 12 schools, you know, they should stay together and try everything they can because there's so much uncertainty. But if you're a gambler and say your team, like, you know, West Virginia should be gone. They, they, they should go to the ACC. They don't have to worry. They shouldn't try to keep the Big 12 together because they have a very easy end to other conferences. You know, well-solidified football and basketball, um, and, you know, they can plug and play really easy there. But Oklahoma State, obviously, as we've seen, TCU, Baylor, are going to be hooting and hollering for them to stay together because it's just too much of a gamble because if Oklahoma state went to the pac 12, I think that could be a great, great thing for their future moving forward. As we've seen from recent pac 12, the league is open when it comes down to winning a championship where the big 12 has not been open. It has been a very difficult road, but the, the pac 12, there's been teams that, you know, like Utah, you know, like have had very, very good chances to win and, and weak Oregon and a weak USC recently, you know, if they can get in there, I, I would be happy if I was an OSU fan to go start new in the Pac-12. Yeah, I mean, Oklahoma State with the, you know, maybe not last year, but the year before with Chuba and Tylen Wallace and, and that, like, that's a team that could could have made a run at a Pac-12, you know, which I, has been, like you said, weak. I, I really think I OSU is a hard sell for the Pac-12 for me because they're not they're not academically there. They're not that impressive budget-wise, and they're not in Texas. If the Pac-12 wants to take two teams, I could see that. But I, I really think football – I think the three – this is going to sound crazy. But I think the three well, – I'll do four. The four safest teams in the Big 12 are Iowa State because they're close by. They already have an in-state big conference, and, and they're a decent team. And then Kansas, saved only by basketball – and then I think TCU and Baylor are the last two that are really set because they're in Texas. They're an in for a conference to get into the Texas market. They're both academically there, which does matter to some athletic conferences for, for some reason. I know that there's some religious issues and, and they're a smaller market-wise, but I really I think Texas Tech and Oklahoma State are – are uh, might get left out in the cold potentially here just because they're not academically – anything crazy and football wise they're not really anything crazy either good news is oklahoma state might actually win a big 12 championship eventually if you if you want a spicy take here i would say that houston has a better chance of getting into the back 12 than baylor yeah i agree maybe i think baylor has a lot of past you know controversy and and they're kind of rebuilt i i really and Boat and Blake is going to get on to me again but i i think tcu specifically could write its own course because it's the best football-wise, really, leftover, 
It's in the state of Texas, and they're academically really solid. They have that their religious private school that's maybe kind of an issue, but I think that if TCU doesn't make it to the ACC or to the Pac-12, they have no one to blame but themselves. Well, I, I did post this on Twitter, and you know maybe TCU should just sell themselves as like, you know, we're non-denominational, really. We're kind of like a Christmas Easter, you know, Christian <laughs> school. Well, uh, so the ACC I, is already I, I, well, you're, actively I, trying to go after Notre Dame. So it's not. They, they, they already have. Off. They already have Boston College too. And they want know. someone in Texas. The ACC well, came out when this Big Twelve thing came up and said, "Hey, if this SEC deal falls through, come on over to us." So yeah, no. But what I when I brought the point of how religious TCU is, like just how religious is TCU to Blake? He said, "Yeah, you had to take a religious class, and I took uh, reggae and Rastafarianism or something." And there you go. I got that's. That's the thing about TCU. It's it's not exactly like the most. It's not BYU. Sport. It's not BYU. It's not even Baylor for that matter. I, I think they they really could be fine if you really look at them from the Pac-12. Uh, have a lot of uh, California people actually come to TCU, uh, so they have a, they have a connection out there. there. There's a West Coast connection in a way. But I, I feel like from the common people, like looking at it from like not a business aspect, TCU makes sense because they've been competitive in football. And like you said, a lot of people from California are going in there and they're well known. The problem is money. And I'm going to go back to it again. What is TCU going to bring money wise to the table? Because they're following, I'm sorry, but it's not that big. Baylor, absolute cold, cold tape from Ty. They are not solid and they should be shaking in their boots. History of just horrible history and then plus the religion thing and then plus it being as it's not that big of a tv market you know that's tough i think west virginia isn't that should be in well, your so list here, I, don't, sure. I don't know if you're aware of this but and i'm not, I'm not trying to you know debate this but west virginia is uh one of the smallest markets in all of major college football west virginia is a smaller market than than baylor they do well, have this is geographic Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I, I, they, have, they have a strong Pittsburgh market. They have a lot of yeah. alumni in New York. But for but yeah, like they, they don't bring about in specifically. Even, even in the most recent. I'm looking at 2019 numbers. They're not really bringing anything in substantial. I'm kind of surprised they were looking at the money. I'm surprised they were added to the Big 12 because there's other schools that made more sense. I know they were a lot better at football when they were added. But yeah, it it's it's going to be interesting to see where the eight go, but. I, I I think it's probably going to be dissolution over, um, you know, and everyone finding a new home. I, I feel like the really, really screwed one is Kansas State of, of everyone. Yeah. K-State, yeah, K- yeah, I don't really know where they go. Academically, they're not AAU, so they can't really get into the Big Ten, whereas um, Kansas and Iowa State both are that, uh, which is a big thing for them for some reason. Um, I, I don't know. I think K-State is – Really not looking great, and and the thing is, all of these schools at the end of the day aren't aren't great. And we've seen Iowa State's own athletic director back in 2016 literally referred to the Big 12 without OU in Texas as the Mountain West. That is so damning in retrospect. And um, I'm just saying, it's like true. it's still true. It's being, still true. Aged, yeah. Well, and that's that's really the and it's. I'm just going to take that. I'm going to I'm going to be the bad guy this whole podcast, I guess. But ultimately, it's, it's how it is. You know, you if and and I said this in our in our group text and our arguments. But if your team's only if the only thing keeping your team relevant is that it's losing to relevant teams every year, and then those relevant teams are going to stop playing you, and you're mad about that, what does that say about your team? Because I mean, at the end of the day, that's that's what it is, and it's it's painful to say because you know you want to be a fan of college football. That's the thing that puts college football as it's different than than the NFL, different than you know like um, European soccer, where you have relegation. We've essentially created a system of relegation by capitalism here with with college football. We could be at, at the precipice of. Uh, some really significant changes, which is a whole nother conversation. But at the end of the day, it's these, these fans get upset that their team is not going to be nationally relevant anymore, but you could go to a conference uh, that's not, maybe not a power five, which I would argue at this point, we have power three 
conferences and you could do great, which would be great from a fan standpoint. You know, if you, if you go to, you could go to a, a group of whatever conference and play in Florida and get to go all sorts of neat places and have a winning record. At that point, you're just upset that your team is now making less money. So it's, I mean, there's a lot more to, to unpack. And I know I would be super passionate as a, a fan of someone else, but this is an OU podcast. And honestly, it just means more. <laughs> well, I mean, like, here's my thing about, like, it, it, like it's not OU's job to keep all these schools up, likewise with Texas. And at the end of the day, would you rather leave now and be the asshole or, you know, try to keep these teams together? And then you have Clemson. And, you know, this Super League somehow built or Clemson and like Florida State, then they take your spot. No spots for OU in Texas. You know, it, it, it like Bob Stoops said in his um, uh, Oklahoman editorial yesterday, it's kind of a race for those spots. And we're about to see this thing escalate. I, I feel like I, I don't know if OU and Texas were the were. OU and Texas were not the thing that pushed it over. Yeah, they were, but they someone else was going to come or come. Someone along was going to over. do it. That's it was yeah, going to be somebody else. So rather than being stuck in a lame duck conference where you're holding everything up by yourself, be proactive and make the move. That is what leaders do. That is what hard decision makers do. And you know, I, I commend Joe Castiglione and I commend OU and um, Texas for making the tough call here. Uh, because it's not easy. It's hard to it's hard to feel bad. I I feel bad for all the friends I've made on, on my trip and everything, on my trips and everything. But like, let's be honest. I would feel way worse if OU was at a second tier, third tier conference. Well, and yeah. here's here's the thing. As, as OU, yeah. I'll, I'll I kind of want to hear from Jameson here. What's up? Yeah, here's my thing and how I view all of this. People being upset at OU in Texas, saying like this is their fault and they screwed us and all this. No, that is complete defense mechanism. We, like you said, we do not have a contract to them. It is just, they are mad right now because they know they were, they're weak and now they're extremely weak and vulnerable and they're trying to find a scapegoat. Every single time people are in panic, they always find a, what is a reason that is not me, not me. That is the problem. And like, oh, they're leaving. They're the ones screwing us. In actuality, the way that you've presented yourself and how much money you make, your fan base, your, you know, even though Baylor just won a championship, obviously there's a lot going on there. It's you haven't set yourself up for success and you aren't deserved anything. You don't deserve any of this. So they're going to say it's OU's fault that they screwed us over when in actuality it isn't. We're just doing us and we're not supposed to, you know, look at the whole Big 12 as a conference. We're just supposed to do whatever's best for us. Well, not only that, but since the beginning of having 10 teams, that was always a screwed system. I have crowed about for years about how it always makes the conference look bad because everyone plays everyone and it makes your records look worse because you you don't have a middle ground. You don't have a, a third, fourth team. You don't have teams like Auburn who are like pretty good and, you know, kind of float right below that level or traditionally like Texas A&M for the most part, that kind of float right below the cream of the crop, uh, but still like have a 10 win season because the fact of the matter is there's no way to have an undefeated team and, a one loss team in a 10 team system where you play a conference championship. It is literally impossible. Someone's going to have to have either two losses or both or two, one loss teams. And we are mathematically disadvantaged in the big 12. We tried to change that. They said no. And it's time to go because the big, or because the, uh, the, because ESPN and Fox told us this package isn't worth it. This is not good enough for us. And we're not going to renew for the same amount of money. So it was time to skedaddle for OU in Texas. Uh, it, it's a shame. It, it sucks for folks in uh, Manhattan, Kansas and Stillwater, Oklahoma. And I, it sucks, but I'm, I'm sorry. This is the best decision for OU and the best decision for Texas uh, possible for sure. But um, yeah, that's, that's all I got to say on the matter. Ty, any final thoughts before we move on to like some crude and corner stuff? Yeah, it's, it's OU's, only responsibility is to act in the best interest of OU. 
And and that's as plain as it goes. And and you can say whatever you want about college football. It's I understand it at this point it's it's not an amateur sport. They're I don't they go to class, they take classes, a lot of them get actual degrees. But they're not necessarily students. A lot of these guys wouldn't be coming, not because they can't, but a lot of these guys wouldn't be coming to OU anyways. They're recruited from all over. Spencer, Spencer Rattler is from Phoenix, Arizona. He would not have gone to OU if he was just going to be a random student that happened to play football on the side, unless OU had a really good coach, really good system for quarterbacks and recruited him. That's that's why he comes here. These guys aren't they're, – they're coming to OU for football – so it's you can say what you want about the sport, but some of that money still does trickle over into the actual educational institution that you could also argue is probably at this point a glorified hedge fund. But it's still gonna help, it's gonna help OU, it's gonna help the state of Oklahoma. And you gotta make these hard decisions. That's and that's what that's what leadership is about. I don't wanna, you know, make this sound like uh, Constiglione and, and Joe Haraz did just the most amazing, masterful move ever, and then their counterparts at Texas did the same, but you're put in a leadership position not to make the easy decisions, because anyone can make the easy decisions, those are obvious. You don't really need a leader to do that. You, you got people in leadership positions to make the hard decisions that need to be made for the betterment of the people that you're responsible for, and at the end of the day, Joe Haraz is responsible for OU. And Constiglione is responsible for OU. They're, they're not the president. They're not the AD of OSU or TCU or of the Big 12. And I, I love the Big 12. I loved what it was uh, before back in the day. It, we've made some, they've made some really dumb decisions. But I, and I might be biased here having spent a lot of time in the SEC, but this I think that this was an amazing move and objectively by any reasonable interpretation, this was the right move for Oklahoma, including partnering with Texas because partnering with Texas and making us a package deal made us by far the biggest market. We could have gone to any, we could have gone to the big 10 and said, Hey, we're going to roll in. You know, we can write our own destiny if we partner with Texas and roll up to anyone's door. And yeah, it made became the, the most powerful duo in sports. Yeah, we made the move when we had the opportunity to. Someone was going to pull the trigger eventually. Might as well be us. So I hate I hate what happens. I truly do. But not sorry. This was OU's only responsible for OU. We made the right decision for OU. I'll also parrot uh, Bob Stoops. Having your flagship university in the SEC in the best conference possible, it ain't a de- it is not a detriment to the Big Twelve. It is not a detriment. It is in the Big Twelve. It is not a detriment to uh, the state of Oklahoma. <laughs> I was like, "Wow, that's uh, a literally cool murdered the Big 12. <laughs> it's not a detriment to Oklahoma at all. Like, get out of here. It's it's good for the state. Um, James, some final thoughts before we move on to Cruden Corner. Uh, and mainly just, I, just yeah, how big I, is I'm this for transition? How big is this for uh, recruiting? Uh, is it is it having an impact already? Uh, what does the SEC do? for recruiting now that we kind of got the secret sauce. Yeah. Let's, let's start with like, you know, what this will happen. This will help us in recruiting, but also was this also because of recruiting in some ways, I guarantee you, OU has had enough of big nude. They cannot deal with that crap anymore. And they're tired of these stupid 11 a.m. kickoff central times and how much that impacts you on recruiting. So think about it. You're a high schooler. You've got your game on Friday night at 7 o'clock and it ends at 1030. And you got to fly to Oklahoma, which is not an easy airport to get to, and get in for an 11 a.m. game on Saturday morning. You know how difficult it is to get a recruit in for that time without missing their game or if they're on a bye week? Extremely difficult. So this Nebraska putting them at 11, there's a lot of I'm done with this TV network. And it's, there's yes, the Big 12 has some part of it, but this TV network I want gone from Fox. And I'm sure that's a huge part in this too. I mean, definitely. I, I'm sick of Fox and Fox messed around and found out. Without a doubt, there yeah. they they screwed up with the with the big noon, 
and they lost two of their biggest properties in that deal on it. So sorry about you. You know, as, don't make as a dumb fan, decisions. Yeah, as a fan, the SEC those two thirty kicks as as really the most common early ones. That's gonna be amazing. The two thirty kick is the best kickoff in my mind. You don't have to wait all day for you know kickoff, and you don't start in the morning, so you you have like that kind of perfect middle ground. Uh, big fan of that. Um, but yeah, Jameson, big on recruiting for sure. Uh, let's talk about what what recruiting has done so far, and uh, it's been a little bit of time. A lot of crazy stuff has happened, but uh, some notable stuff. So let me hit the music for you. David, yes. what is this, David? This is a fruit in corner with Jamison. Everybody dancing. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's it's been a really good past month in recruiting. Um, and it seems like all of the recruits are taking this SEC news well. You know, it's probably unchanged because a lot of the people are coming to Oklahoma is because of the system we developed. You know, and we play SEC opponents. That's just going to make them look better on a bigger stage, and that only should help. So, yeah, let's talk about it. Let's start off with Malachi Nelson. Malachi Nelson, we've hinted at this before. It's huge. 2023, best quarterback in the nation. Some people think that the Manning kid, Arch Manning, is the best, but we saw it. We went to high school with Barry Sanders and Sterling Shepard, and there's no excuse why um, that Barry Sanders should have been higher ranked than Sterling Shepard. You know, the name will always give you a little bit. Arch Manning's tape looks good. He has the measurables. But Malachi Nelson, he makes plays, and he puts up stats like it's nobody's business. And so he's by far, in my opinion, um, the best quarterback in that 2023 class when you look down at it. And here we are again. Every odd year we get the number one quarterback and he's going to hopefully have a Caleb Williams effect and bring on some of his friends. We're seeing later this month here pretty soon, Makai Lemon, he visited with in his recent visit is announcing his commitment soon. And it's pretty sure it's going to be Oklahoma. And that's a five-star wide receiver to the, um, to the class. And if you go to 2023 recruiting, which is crazy, this isn't even this most recent one, 2022. If you go and you just check, like the number, like top three wide receivers in the nation, all of them are predicted to go to OU. So we're having another, you know, Caleb effect here. It's it's a boom, that's for sure. Uh, I saw a little bit of my guy uh, Makai Lemon, a uh, little mm-hmm. bit of interest floating around out there. A couple little middle mid tier crystal balls. So that'd be pretty mm-hmm. nice. I, I he's my new guy. I we loved David Ogwebu. He's been great so far. Uh, Makai Lemon's my my guy for this year. Yeah, five-star athlete. He's going to be a great addition to this class. And so I just got pulled up. The top three wide receivers in the country all have 100% crystal balls on 247 Sports to Oklahoma. Brandon Ennis, um, he's the best wide receiver in the country, number eight player in the nation. Good friends with Malachi, even those on the other side of the country. He's projected to go to you. Next one, Jalen Hale out of Longview, Texas, projected to go to you. DeAndre Moore out of Las Vegas, projected to go to OU. All guys that we had at the barbecue hanging out together, and we're starting off hot right now. We just got a commitment. Just We'll start with some 2023 from Trey on Webb, um, and he's a running back right now. So getting a running back in the boat right now, and who's a five-star, is huge. He's a borderline five-star, former five-star, but still very, very high-end athlete and someone we should be really excited about. You know, I know as OU fans, we get a little bit nervous about getting running backs too early, you know, but he seems to be really big and pro OU, and he's friends with the number one wide receiver in the nation, Brandon Ennis, who is a guy that we're looking after as well. So just we're making networks here, and 2023 could be another splash class. But we'll we'll talk about 2022, but what do you think about that, Bobby? I love it, and the first thing that comes to mind is the DeMarco Murray effect. You know, he, he's finally starting to get a little bit of, you know, traction going and, you know, really getting out there on the trail. And, you know, I, I wonder how much of that is like DeMarco Murray real, really getting to work here. Yeah, it, it could be a little bit. I know that, you know, especially the people that go to Bishop Gorman, they're going to look up to him. And, you know, because that's the guy that you've seen all throughout your education. And then you saw him go to the NFL and do as well as he did. You know, obviously that's you're going to have a foot in the door there. Um, but DeMarco Murray still got, he's got to st- still show up because he hasn't landed like a, you know, 
a great running back class. And that's where 2022 comes in. And we've just got to hope that he hangs on to what he has. He just got Gavin Sawchuck in the past couple months. Um, one of the best wide receivers in the nation um, out of Colorado. And he's got to hold on to Relique Brown, the kind of dual slot wide receiver running back combo, five foot eight speedster out of California. He's going to be tough to hold on from USC, especially since he has a kid now. And it might be tough to go to Oklahoma when you have a kid back in California. You know, that's all things that are tough. But in, with the running back room in 2022, we want to take another traditional running back along with those two guys. And we're talking from Las Vegas and Bishop Gorman, um, Javante Barnes. It's it's huge, and he's a favorite to go to OU, um, but it's going to be really tough. To, um, to, he's not actually from um, Bishop Gorman, but he's from Las Vegas. And it's going to be tough to um, hold him off from other schools, especially when we already have two wide running backs in the class, but we have a wide open running back room that they can come in and produce early. Absolutely, absolutely. Are you seeing anything that uh, any deficiencies in recruiting that kind of need to get filled? What what does OU start to you know need to work on, and are there any prospects to really you know kind of build this twenty two class out? Like what what are the problem areas you would circle? It's interior D line in this twenty twenty two class. Um, our number one targets for who are going there. Um, the the number one guy that we should be going for is Chris McClellan out of Owasso. Um, and it seems he's kind of, he started off really not too highly rated and we didn't get in on him early enough. And then other teams started to sniff on him. Now he's just rocketed up in the rankings. You know, he's a kind of guy that you could probably see go to Ohio state and not even blink an eye. Um, he's just that well-developed. Um, so that's a guy that we'll probably miss out on again. Um, and it's honestly that Tulsa area is scary as well. I know this isn't an interior DL, but I have to mention if we're talking recruiting Gentry Williams, you know, he's been a long time favorite of OU, a defensive back out of Booker T Washington and Tulsa, you know, he's, we thought the guy is going to be the face of this class, but now it seems he's leaning more towards USC, but luckily he hasn't committed to USC yet. And we're still in it. And hopefully this year we can show with, one of the most talented rosters in college football show him that you stay close to home and you can come make a name for yourself here. Um, he's really, you know, he's prideful of the state of Oklahoma and making a name of himself, but he still isn't sure if his brand would be better in Los Angeles than it is in his home state. I gotta say, OU and Tulsa recruits a tale as old as time. Always, always a mess, always a mess, but you know, what, 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 what are you going to do? What can you do about it? So, mm-hmm. yeah. And then a couple of other things, it, by the way. Yeah. He was trying to say something, I think uh, what I you, what you got, that, that could be something that SEC solves, you know? Yeah. Could. It, I think Absolutely. it could, I think it could because, you know, I, I think it adds a little bit of flash, you know, you're not playing the same, you know, schools you are playing in seven on seven t- uh, tournaments, you know, every, every year, you know, that it, yeah, I think, I think, recruits want to go out and see some special at times, but you know, and maybe, you know, even though you're living in Norman, you know, going out to these sec schools, a little bit of flash, a little bit of something different feels big time. Yeah. And I mean, you saw it NCAA 14 recruiting conference prestige. They'd give you a grade on it and that would help you a lot. If you could get someone, so you'd always put in your, I don't know if you're playing with uh, Texas Southern and you throw them into, all right, okay, let's do a Boca. If you put in Texas State, hey. into Texas State into the SEC, then you're recruiting a whole lot better. But, yeah, and, and another thing with that is recruits want to be playing against the best of opponents because then you have film for NFL scouts to say, I saw him go up against a six four five star wide receiver out of the SEC, and he handled himself well. I'm going to draft him in the first or second round rather than I went against a six four wide receiver that's killing it in the big 12, but I'm not taking that as much, you know, Iowa States, you know, playing against Kolar um, or, you know, playing against a Hutchison there is not going to be the same as playing, you know, one of the guys out there in Alabama. It's, it's not going to be equivalent. So it's going to definitely help them there. And then I want, I want to hop on just quickly, you know, kind of our recent other commits that we've gotten Um, there. OU is doing this thing where maybe our recent commits aren't the most flashy star-wise and rank-wise, but they're going after those body types when it comes down to D-backs. Xavier Bryce, six-foot-one speedster out of Arlington, who hasn't played much football but will convert to D-back. Jaden Rowe out of Tulsa. We've got a Tulsa kid 
who's six foot three, ripped, absolutely shredded, but still a three star defensive back. You know, he's a new to the game. And Robert Spear Jennings, Broken Era, another Northeastern Tech, Tulsa area, Oklahoma guy, is another six one fast D back that we got in this class. So hopefully they can pull a little bit with Gentry Williams because we got two D backs in that area, but it's going to be tough. And then a couple of other ones that we got as well Caden Helms. Tight end out of Nebraska. We're grabbing a guy in Nebraska. He's six five. He's an athletic tight end, and it will be good, especially next to Jason Llewellyn. His other other tight end commit out of Alito, also six five, but more of a traditional style tight end. And then just to name them off, we don't have to talk all about these more recent commits. Um, we got today Cedric Roberts is an interior D lineman out of Pflugerville, very lowly rated, but that shows you how uncertain we are of getting a guy like Chris McClellan in this class or an Omari Abor, who's a really good defensive lineman out of Duncanville. And then um, lastly, let's hit on, I think we've already talked about him, Derek Moore is a defensive end out of Baltimore, and he's a high-end four-star, so that's a really big commit to have in this class and was much needed. Absolutely. Jameson, hey, thanks as always. A great rundown. I feel feel more educated myself about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but so let, let, let's just end this on a, on a note. We've kind of talked a little bit more about the serious stuff, about breaking up the Big 12, about how this was a tough decision. But at the end of the day, this is going to lead to a lot of joy, a lot of fun stuff ahead for OU, a lot of cool places to go. And for me, I think the biggest question for me is – What's the one place you're most excited to see OU play? And I, and because Ty, uh, I'm, okay, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure you would probably say the Grove. Uh, uh, no, maybe not. Okay, well, in that case, I won't, I won't add the caveat that you, uh, uh, that you would ha- have to have not been there yet. But um, Jameson, what is the place in the SEC that you want to see OU play? I didn't know going to say. We'll end on this. Jameson, oh, yeah. he's a sleeper. He's a sleeper agent from Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say in Death Valley and LSU, just too fun. Because we, the, here's the thing, you know, you know, playing in Tuscaloosa would be great because playing gets one of the most storied, if not the most storied, college football program in history. Playing them at their home field is something we really don't experience often. It'd be really cool. But the thing is with LSU, OU fans still feel like we have a pretty recent history and kind of an animosity between the two mm-hmm. fan bases from what happened to us at the Sugar Bowl. And there's still kind of an uncertainty between the two. And there's going to be, like you said earlier in the podcast, a quick, easy foot in rivalry if we can make it. It's still not too far away. You know, eight and a half, nine hours drive isn't too far, you know. And it's it's going to be a really, really fun one into the point where, you know, every year LSU and Oklahoma, they're grade A teams. You know, Alabama is a tier above us, but that is something competitive to where every year, even if we're having a down year, I think that's going to be an extremely competitive game. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, that's it's just always going to be a battle without a doubt. Um, I, I, I got a little bit distracted with this incredible, incredible thing with my location. I got to share it. I, I think Death Valley, though, like that will for for a fact be one of those places that is just you, you hear about Saturday nights in death Valley being like the best atmosphere in college football that there's no way that won't be for OU for sure. I can't wait for that. Um, for me in a way I want to see Arkansas <laughs> just to see this magnificent hog statue. That is a thing. It's called wild band of hogs. It shoots water out. And it's just a bunch of hogs just hanging out. Uh, OU traditionally doesn't go to Arkansas. It's a quick trip. Very fun stuff. Not that bad. Um, and, you know, just look at them hogs. It'd be a good time. And we, as we know from Baker Mayfield, Fayetteville's a great time. So uh, Arkansas probably might be my number one. Uh, honorable mention, uh, University of Florida. Would love to see the swamp. Um, and... Um, Let's also go for a third, like kind of distant one. Well, I was just going to mention every team. <laughs> I was going to say Georgia. Can't wait to see the hedges. That'll be fun. Yeah. So, uh, Ty, you're up next. Yeah. So, like, like uh, I said in the pod, and then like Jameson said, I think LSU. I, I think on both sides because it takes both sides to make a really good rivalry. I think that's going to be a plug and play rivalry game uh, in the conference. 
Um, but I gotta say it. I, I, I will say don't sleep on Stark Vegas at all. Uh, the Grove gets a good rep. Starkville's really fun too. Uh, it, there's no bad options as beside Missouri. There's no bad options as an OU fan outside of Mizzou. A&M, I feel like that's going to be a rivalry, but someone's got to say it. The place that I am most excited to see OU play and that OU is going to be playing every year, that's Atlanta, baby. We are continuing this conference championship train, okay? We're coming in. We've got the heat. Bama's in a down year. We're going to... We're going to do some good this year, but we're going to keep it. We're going to keep that train going. We're going to keep adding numbers to that stadium for conference championships. Place I'm most excited to see OU play, Atlanta. It's a terrible location for the SEC championship with OU and Texas added. But, yeah, I had to say it. I will say Florida. Florida, too, though. Yeah, last time I was in that stadium and saw OU play an SEC team, it didn't go well. So. (laughs) Uh, forgive me if I'm if I'm a little gun shy about it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but, um, yeah. You gotta, for sure. We gotta come in confident though, or or else. I was I I really thought about saying um, the Cotton Bowl. So <laughs> <just to laughs> you Texas still number one? Yeah, because I, I know we'll it. at least win that one. But <laughs> oh my gosh, we we completely forgot to talk about pods too. Pods versus divisions. Um, Oh, nah. we, we, we look, that we can have, be its own pod. We got our uh, the pod pod. We got we got. I don't a lot know of if we're gonna have again. content. I don't know if we're gonna have new content for next week. So that might we, be it. A- to, to be fair, last time we uh, talked, you said this isn't a thing that you're gonna uh, be refreshing your computer, you know, every other day for, and it turned out to be uh, turned out to be wrong somehow. This moved very quickly and was full of drama. So who knows? We who knows oh, what we gonna got? It's going to be even next. more. It's going to yeah. We got courtroom drama now. We got something for everyone. Uh, yeah, that's that's for darn sure. But uh, you know, we got we got some uh, Big Twelve previews coming up. Uh, we got a lot of you know gambling. We're going to do our gambling show as we always do. You know, best picks. Uh, just so so, just keep an eye out for that. But uh, from here and from from here all the way through, it's gonna be a a lot of content at least so we won't be suffering for uh you know to to get some good stuff so uh jameson final thoughts uh really nothing yeah we got a lot to talk about and this gave us plenty of off-season stuff so check us out we'll probably be posting stuff every week absolutely ty no matter what conference we're in the horns stay down all right and my final thought uh jameson you missed last week but uh I still can't wait for uh, Texas State Baylor. That's going to be a great game. Oh, man. Oh, it's, my goodness. I almost forgot about that. We are looking forward to it. It's Baylor at Texas State, too, which might <laughs> uh, which might actually be a conference rock game in a couple years. So you oh never God. know. No, uh, I hope not. Hopefully not. <laughs> well, thank you all so much for listening. We'll catch you soon. And uh, Boomer Sooner.